so dude, I rewatched a movie, and as soon as I hit play, I thought, oh shit, have I talked to Calvin about this? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah. You know how that like period of time between, and this is for my listeners, the period of time between <laughs> being 18 and 25, half the films you watch are what Calvin and I like to call fuzzy films. <laughs> and you can probably yeah. gather why, but I mean, there are many reasons. You're a busy mm. guy when you're you know, at yeah. this age, but also You're like sometimes stuff. you have a couple drinks before a movie or yeah. whatever. This might be one of those for you, but uh, I don't know if we fully talked about it. Searching. Searching. Did oh, you see that? That's the one With... that's like completely on a computer screen, right? Yes. Yep. Oh, I remember really liking that. Oh my gosh. I rewatched it because it's one of those for me. My favorite kind of movies are just, you're in it. You know what I mean? There's no... Yeah oh, I'm going to look around for, like, you're in the movie. And that's, like, the design of it is like that because the TV is a computer screen. So you feel like you're, like, sitting watching this guy, yeah, solve a mystery. Did you watch it on a computer or did you put it up on your TV? No, I put it on the big TV. That would be cool, though. I I wonder what that would be like. like, That could be a cool cool. and interesting experience. Yeah. Yeah, especially because we're in, like, a day and age where... You know, people are watching uh, The Irishman on their iPhone. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And yeah. then there are other people watching, like, uh, Stranger Things on a home theater setup. Right. Yeah, totally. You know? So, like, I, I think that that could be interesting either way. But it was, I have to say, it's one of those movies where if you've seen it once, you mm-hmm. might wonder if it's as good seeing it a second time. Because it's a very, yeah. like, There's a lot oh, of twists what? and turns. Oh, yeah. what? Right. Oh, what? <laughs> like, what? It still yeah, totally. is awesome a second time. It's it's like um, it's like the Oceans movies in a completely different way. But how the Oceans movies are fun because the whole time you're wondering what's going to happen. Like, how they're, how they're going to pull it off. And then mm-hmm. the last, like, 20 minutes is just George Clooney being like, this mm-hmm. is how we pulled it off. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when you watch it a second time, you're watching them pull it off knowing how they're doing it. And it's, like, satisfying because you're, like, in on it this time. It's like you're part of the crew. Right. That's what searching is like, too. Like, knowing what the end is and knowing what's going to happen, I feel like there's a fuck ton of stuff that you can notice in the background. Like, because you know that this person knows something you can see their reactions are different now, you know, right. like yeah, things totally. like that. It's so satisfying. So yeah, I just wanted to Hell shout yeah. that one out. If anyone hasn't seen that, that listens to this, it's just a, it's like what my brother would say about baby driver. Hmm. If you didn't at least like that movie, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It's just my so brother has that theory that there are some movies that like the people who didn't like them definitely are like, nah, no, yeah, just you're lying. Talk to them. You're lying. Yeah, like, you liked it a little and bit. Baby Driver is one of those. Like I think it. Searching is one of those. Like, you're going to like it at least for some reasons. Is it uh, Is it streaming somewhere? I rented it okay. because I just had the, I want to watch this. And <laughs> yeah, I just looked it yeah, up totally. on Vudu or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is one that has been on Amazon Prime. So it might be, okay. but I personally have been kind of avoiding my Amazon Prime account for the last few weeks. And yeah. I would suggest yeah. others do that too. If you listen to this, look into why if you want to. Yeah. I don't want to get into it, but yeah. <laughs> Google Jeff Bezos and you'll figure it out. Um, I w- <laughs> yeah, I, you'll figure it out quick. It's it's interesting. The thing I wanted to talk about is related to you were talking about the whole like it's a wild day and age with people watching things like on their phones and stuff like that. Um, uh, there's a director who very much has passionate feelings about that who just released a film that I saw in not the way he wanted. I went and saw Tenet at a drive-in movie. I was waiting for our podcast. <laughs> yeah. I finally saw I have it, not too. not discussed it with you other than I told you uh, that I saw it. I mean, it's it's great. It is great. It's not, it's not a perfect movie. It's great, though. It reminded me. I also saw it in the not preferred oh, you settings. Did? Yes. I, I didn't want to even talk to you about it until the podcast oh, okay. because it's one of those things where it's like, well, it's happening right now. It's like such a, huh, movie. You know what I mean? It reminded me walking out of it, how I felt walking out of Interstellar. But I also feel like I cheated him yeah. a little bit by seeing it with my car radio. You know what yeah. I mean by that? Did you do drive-in as well? Yeah, because yeah. there's no theaters open in LA. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to like fly to right. Minnesota <laughs> to see a movie. But but yeah. I, it's 
Tenet. It's something I've been looking forward to. And um, I think my main issues with it, mm-hmm. which we both said it's great. I mm-hmm. think I walked out with a big smile a on lot my of face. Fun. Yeah. But my main issues with it really held me back from it feeling like a cinematic experience. It felt yeah. like a, a bit of a... Like, I think this movie almost should be one of those, like, 4D movies where the seat moves. Yeah. You know what I mean by <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, sure, yeah. There, and I don't know. Like, people have been complaining a lot about the sound quality, and I'm really unfortunate that I can't attest can't to really it with to what... You know, with that was not something that bothered me though. Honestly, not the visual effects, but like the cinematography in some ways was kind of dull. I'm mostly talking about the last quarter of this movie. Like plot wise, it's hard to tell what's going on, and it is not interesting to look at. It's like gray. I hundred percent agree. And there's so much build up to it. That's all really good. Like I think the first, like three-fifths of the movie is fantastic the way they're giving you little bits of information and leading up oh the way yeah it this isn't especially effects, coming off of, of his past movies i was really worried he was gonna just be like spoon feeding us with like tom hardy giving you <laughs> some <laughs> right. like uh there was explanation. a little bit of that but there was a more little like bit trial of it, by but fire. yes and it was in a way that i i was confused until you figure it out naturally like they were right. giving me information but the information wasn't teaching me yet i had to see it in action and then i was like oh that's what they meant Mm -hmm. oh that's what's going on yeah and uh there's i i will say as far as the sound quality there was one scene where everyone was wearing like a mask the masks yeah and they were all talking i couldn't understand a word any of them said that whole scene yeah and that to me is the only thing that i'm like what if in that scene they said something that makes that movie just a 10 out of 10 for me? Right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. Yeah. That, and that's, yeah. But um, we do have to address the the visual effects, though, because it's pretty astounding in a few ways. I have no idea how he did some scenes from this movie. It's absolutely just like Interstellar. Yeah. It's one of those movies where watching it, I'm like, yeah, this is what that would be like. Right. Like if this, if the concept, which is introduced pretty early in the movie, I don't want to like talk about but if this concept was a real thing um this is definitely what it would be like like for sure like without a doubt it's just kind of like if batman were a thing Mm -hmm. that's what it would be like you know what i mean right he's so good at like but also i think there is just a small element in both directions of realism and just like fantasy that makes it really fun to watch but my problem with it is similar to my problem with inception where it's like there's also so much you could do with that. It's always yeah. interesting to me that Christopher Nolan decides to be like, okay, how can we make it like really grounded? Yeah, you know, I, I feel right. like he could go just go hog ape wild shit, with it. but yeah. it's cool that he does cool... it too. You know, that's yeah. his thing. Yeah. You know, like Inception is about everyone's dreams, but mm-hmm. their dreams are pretty much just like New York folding, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah, right. That's fine, but I, my dreams are like in some abstract wild yeah picasso world you know i I feel like that concept specifically like going into people's dreams would be a fantastic animated movie like i feel like there would be a lot of possibilities there because it could be like realistic to what the normal world in the animated world is but even slight tweaks to an animated you know environment would make that sort of dreamscape feeling a lot more powerful whereas when you're trying to make it like as grounded and real of a fantasy weird sci-fi concept as possible. I like to think eh, my eh. excuse for it is that all the characters in the movie are boring, like businessmen. So of course their dreams are like that. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Like the coolest dreams in the movie are when they go into, uh, when they go into Ellen Page's dream, that's when it is like things are like folding and she's like doing things with architecture and, shit's blowing up that's the coolest stuff in the movie and it's in her dreams everything else is like leo's head and it's just like normal places yeah like a hotel he kind of has to make his concepts evolve into like a heist or like a a big assault on like one location that is not as interesting as the concept that he presented but then he uses like 12 million real extras and actually right. has them passed out while things are actually blowing up around them yeah. and you're like 
wait, are people in danger here? <laughs> and it's just amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's, I think that in a nutshell is a good review for Tenet. Absolutely. Uh, well, with that, let's uh, get into our show here. Uh, this is A New Lens, a podcast Gary and I started to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. And we have gotten to Season 2, Episode 10 of Avatar The Last Airbender, The Library. We are officially halfway through one of the best shows. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy to think about? Oh, wow. We're halfway through, man. It Wild. flew by, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, but also bef- it's been hard like between episodes not just like not to just dive the, through which i want to i want to touch on real quick when we took our little break i had a couple times where i was like ah, i really need some some comfort comfort movies and i as you know as our listeners know mm-hmm. i uh juiced my oceans watching those are usually my comfort movies. So yeah. I was like, I'm just going to watch what we've watched in Avatar again. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, like, listening to our podcast and then re-watching it again after. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's like the new lens of a new lens. <laughs> yeah, sure. These episodes really do get better and better and better. More yeah. than we have given them credit for. Because we were mm-hmm. so like, oh, my God, this is the best show <laughs> yeah, from the true. beginning. And yeah. it was. Yeah. But, like, re-watching it now... Mm-hmm. Aang is like a different character in the first like six episodes, you know? Character growth, natural, it's well-written amazing. character growth. All of it. Oh, and like yeah. the way that they even tell stories, like bounce the how skillfully they bounce between mm. Zuko and Iroh and the gang yeah. and things like that. Like uh, Zhao's like whole plot in like how it starts versus how it is in the climax. And now how things are being introduced in season two and yeah. just how the story is now progressing in season two in this, like this arc with like the chase. Yeah. The, you know, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yep. It's a lot clearer to me now that like this show isn't just like from the beginning, a 10 out of 10 amazing show. It is great and awesome, but I really respect the fact that they, from the beginning, clearly were like, how can we improve it? Mm-hmm. How can we yeah. improve the storytelling? Absolutely. How can we improve these characters? How can we improve the animation, yeah. the fight scenes, everything? They never hit a point where they were like, all right, we're comfortable. They're like right. constantly trying yeah. to one-up themselves. It's also interesting, though, because they did have so much of this show planned out from the beginning. Oh, you, yeah. You know, everything got more specific. But it is interesting that, you know, it is actually kind of a perfect structure that season one is much more episodic, much more catered to kids to get them into the plot line so that they can be invested and then see yeah, you know, all the Yeah, even that, that they almost innovated. feels purposeful. Like, right. It is a well, little the, bit. Yeah, because the first season, they're making pit stops. They, they mm-hmm. uh, you know, get a more important end goal halfway through the season but even then they're kind of sort of just going from place to place and now this season is more like things are happening to them and compounding and then they even sort of change up the format again in season three which we'll get to and i'm sure i'll comment on and i think since it's animated it's a thing that just can happen without it being like a wait a second it's more of like a that's cool Mm -hmm. it can go from them being like we just went from here to here to here to here to here to here on the map and us yeah. not really knowing how much time has passed. Does right. it matter? Who cares? To yeah. like things feel like time matters right now. Yeah. And even like I don't even know how to explain that because there are even moments in season two and three I'm sure where yeah, wait how much time passed because right. it's an animated show that can mm-hmm. happen. But yeah. There's just like this sense of realism that grows with the show as you get to know the show. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And totally. I, I just, it's cool. It's, it's bold for a yeah. showrunner, for the creators, the directors to, you know, like going into an episode thinking, all right, but is this the same show we've been writing? Right. <laughs> Maybe not, but it's the show we want to write, you know? Yeah, totally. I love that. This episode specifically also sort of is a big change in format and tone of the show and starts a lot of uh, strings, you know, that will be yes. compounded on as we move forward. So this episode called The Library, by the way, I when I was looking through Netflix, um, this isn't one of them, but I noticed there are some episodes that are one name, two episodes. Yeah. Is I, that how yep. it was on TV? No. 
<laughs> okay, so we'll talk about that when we get there. I just wanted to ask you if yeah, you noticed ne- that too. Netflix has compounded some episodes, and I'm honestly cool. mad about it. But yeah. cool that they are aware they're two parters. Not mm. cool that they literally changed. Because when I see the name of an episode coming up, it mm-hmm. puts a feeling in me. I don't know. Yeah. So this episode starts with Aang and the gang kind of doing their little personal pit stops. Because they have decided, we know what we're doing, we're on track for it, but let's just give ourselves each, like, a little vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a cool little one with Aang and, like, these musical little, uh, I don't <laughs> even know, what are they, dogs. you know? Prairie yeah, dogs that. that sing. And then that leads them to finding this desert, like, ice oasis. It's kind of like the opposite of a hot springs which I love. It's yeah. just like a big ice in the middle of a desert. Yeah. And they meet someone there who is a uh, professor from Ba Sing Se University. And he tells them he's like looking for this library, but he's having a lot of trouble. Well, they've got a flying bison. Mm-hmm. So instantly they group up and go to look for this library. Um, the thought is that maybe there will be some information on the Fire Nation and being able to defeat them. They end up finding the library, but it's buried underground. So Toph and Appa don't go in for obvious reasons. Yeah. And um, we also learn that Toph has a lot of trouble seeing on sand, mm-hmm. um, which is a really interesting concept because she's always been able to see well on Earth because, right. you know, it's kind of like the, how sound can travel through water, but it like doesn't right. travel the same. You know, I oh. think of it kind of like that. Absolutely. Anyway, so they get into this library and it ends up being... Uh, basically owned by this spirit called Wang Shitong. And uh, he is like a giant owl spirit. Mm-hmm. And he allows them to look but not take for anything. But, of course, they're going there to take some information to f- fight the Fire Nation. Wang Shitong finds out and basically tries to kill them and destroy his library so no one can ever do it again. Um, while that's happening... Uh, Toph is dealing with sandbenders outside. She can't even really see them, but she knows that they are trying to get Appa. And the episode has a very bitter, sad ending, which we will get to. And yep. I think that's enough. Let's uh, yeah. let's dive in. The main thing I was thinking throughout this whole episode, especially at the beginning, but it like maintained through the rest. This is a D&D session <laughs> right here. And maybe that's wow. just because I'm very entrenched in that uh, sort of mind frame right now. I'm just starting to run a game. We have our D&D podcast. Um, but, like, they, you know, find this tavern. They meet someone in it who helps them go on or, like, Dude, needs their help for a... My favorite so stuff D&D. is a D&D session. And this just became part of that list. Oh, it's like I've always yeah. loved Lord of the Rings, not just for being Lord of the Rings, but after playing D and D, you kind of feel like mm-hmm. you're playing D and D when you're yeah. watching Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Now I, oh, that's so cool. So you're great. so right. Um, and the way that they even like have to use charisma and, uh, you know, like yeah. to fool Wan Tong, right? And, like totally. But before we get there, the the very first shot is uh, of Ang sitting cross-legged in this desert. And you see him from behind, and immediately you're thinking, like, oh, he's meditating. He's doing some practices. And then it turns around, and he's playing the, his flute for these little prairie dog-like creatures. Um, Which I think isn't something we could easily realize. Right. But these are something that he was expecting from a hundred years ago. Yeah. Oh, that's it's another cool. totally. sign of like, uh, it's kind of like in the episode with the air temple where he's finding the hermit crabs and finding peace and knowing that like, yes, while there's a lot about his culture that is starting to become lost with time, mm-hmm. the way the cycle of life works, right. You know, there are still, th- and specifically these specific creatures, he knows exactly what they do. They're still there. Yeah. I don't know that, that made me happy. Totally. Like he knew he was hoping they'd be there and they were. It's one of the few things where Aang just kind of knew. Absolutely. And also enforces uh, the creator's like uh, statement that they wanted Aang to be someone who's more connected to nature and animals in that sort of way. These are super cool. They, they imitate whatever pitch you uh, um, play for them. Sokka's not into it, and uh, he does the whole, like, la-dee-da. <laughs> and they sound like they're making fun of him, too. It's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not just the repeating, like, a parrot. They're legitimately right. just, like, meh, 
Fuck you. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure they're not like that. Well, I don't know. Who fucking knows? But uh, I think it's interesting they, um, you know, Sokka's irritated because he's like, yeah, uh, there's a big thing that we need to take care of, though. And like, yeah, maybe we need some rest. But also, like, we are way behind. We don't have any sort of map of the Fire Nation. He says, like, we don't have a map. We need intelligence. And then in the next shot or two they bring out a map but it's of the earth nation so they're like looking for places to have their vacations you know yeah so this is an interesting one of those things the show does well of just kind of you know like when it when it brings up money Mm -hmm. or when it brings up we need to get some sleep stuff stupid stuff that like make you realize that they're just kids trying to do this but they actually haven't like figured out how yet it reminds me of lord of the rings when frodo's like which way is mordor left or right yeah you know what i mean that sometimes they they do just need to find a map because like what are they gonna do like what if their time runs out and they literally haven't even found the fire lord yet you know that's (laughs) right and i like Sokka being the one that's you know kind of very on brand yeah because he's also i think there's a a sense of like urgency when you know you can't bend so he's thinking in his head like yeah i get it that you guys can just solve a problem by like moving waving your hand but mm. hard work and right. like determination are the only way i have been able to solve my problems trust me this is one of those problems yeah you know? totally he has it's a great character trait of his yeah um but also it's cool this moment because you wonder like is ang just someone who needs to learn how to do it and then he's like the best ever and in this moment we now know okay no he's like training every day with mm. Toph and Katara right. he's not because there was a moment in a few episodes ago where Katara was like you have the reflexes of a waterbending master right yeah but there's still training it's not yeah, like totally. he's now done you know right. what I mean and she's probably still much better at waterbending than him too right you know what I mean by She's that? Clearly like, I been, think, yeah, practicing and studying as well too. And I like, think that's all like cool to just. I mean, we learned it in a seven-second line. Now right. we don't have to have a bunch of montages in every single mm-hmm. episode. Right. Totally. And uh, we've seen enough already that it mm-hmm. makes sense. And too. his confidence even makes me go, "Oh, they must be training a lot," because Ang is the kind of person that would. I don't know. Like, when he's saying that, I'm like, yeah, he trains at least, like, two, three hours a day. Yeah, you know? right, totally. Um, they they see on the map this oasis, the Misty Palms oasis, uh, which he may have, you know, found these little, uh, uh, I was going to say groundhog, prairie dog type things. Um, and they are the same as he expected, but this is very much not the same as he expected. In the drawing, there's like this big mountain of ice, and there's a tiny like little clump of ice. In yeah, this, and it's like a stray Misty dog palms looking at too. And there's it's all desert. Yeah, the stray dog. <laughs> um, I love that when they walk in, kind of feels Star Wars to me too, just yeah, a little bit. Totally, especially like the the sand benders or the sand. Yeah, because or... you can't. You can only like see their their mouth right you know? it just kind of reminds me of those uh those like scavengers in a new hope that take r2 and <laughs> c3 yeah <laughs> <Those> yeah. <guys. laughs> yeah and this so, guy even like he doesn't we don't hear him talk he's he just like <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah um and they spit at them Saka looks like he's about to fight people. him too yeah that moment i was like oh shit is Saka about to throw hands like he yeah. really and then they had to like pull him in I don't know. That cracked me up because Sokka is the kind of guy that would be like, "Yeah, what? but he <laughs> right. in that moment, a little anger like, came up. You know, hands. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I I love the sort of world building. It's just a brief little montage of this. Or it's not a montage. It's one shot of this dude, the bartender with the swords. Like, oh yeah, it makes that it gives sh- sh- validity to this as still being like a location. Mm-hmm. Because there is still like these sort of cool things going on and the skills uh, involved in this. And you can also tell that movies. he's been doing it long enough. He just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he's just totally. like here you go. And this, I like the the close up of him when he scoops everything into it, and then it's a close up of like a straw, right, and a yeah. little umbrella. Yeah, you know, like every single thing up until that moment, this almost feels like a. Like a ragged bar. But <laughs> yeah. that makes you realize, like, no, it's just a run down. Yeah, like, it used, right. This used to be a place kids go to, you right. know? Totally. Um, 
the uh, so this guy who we meet in a second spills his drink on Ang, and this is another moment where I know he's just a kid and he's just like, oh, eh, whatever. But like, Ang, don't just airbend in the middle of this unknown bar with a bunch of shady people. I clean up easy. It's like yeah, funny and that. charming, but it's like, Ang, don't do that. And don't do that. Buy man. the guy another drink. <laughs> like, yeah, right. He doesn't get another one. The guy yeah, does not get another drink, doesn't. and Sokka does. So it's just like, okay. Yeah. I think Aang does too, if I remember I think the correctly. The rest of them do, but we don't see. We never uh, see this guy get a drink yeah. again. His name is uh, Zay, I think. Uh, I'm, I forget how they pronounced it. Uh, I didn't write it down right, but it's spelled Z E I. He's played by uh, Raphael Sabarge, S B A R G E. Really, really like the cool uh, name. voice acting of this oh, character. I love it's, how it's sort of perfect. innocent, but very intellectual he is. Yeah, he's so excited to find yeah. out. And I also love that this character is totally us with Aang. Just like <laughs> yeah. fascinated that there is one la- like, wow. you know, we I, I feel like everyone else hasn't really given a shit that he's the last airbender because in real life, people don't really give a shit about that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, this is accurate. Like, the guy yeah. who, like, studies this stuff is right. the guy to care. He immediately but it pulls really, out this, it like, matters. head measuring thing. <laughs> it yeah. does matter. Yeah. But, like, that's what's funny. That's what makes it, like, kind of quirky and funny is that he clearly knows and cares, but he's not, like, asking or looking into things that have anything to do with, like, the, <laughs> the uh, avatar. You know, he's like... What uh, what kind of agriculture were your people interested in? <laughs> he's like, yeah, and uh, he's also very clearly like, you know, he could just talk to the, him about right. things, but he's, you know, grilling yeah. him about, yeah, and measuring his head. I just think fruit I just pies. thought that was so funny. I don't know. Uh, he pulls out his map, and he's clearly been mapping out, making many trips into the desert, but only going from one uh, direction and coming back because. This is a massive desert, which is also a cool world building thing. Like we've sort of seen a map in the intro sequence and a couple maps in this sort of setting. And we get the idea that like in the center of this huge landmass of the Earth uh, Kingdom, the Earth Nation, there is this big desert, which takes up a lot of space. And I don't know. I just find that so interesting. It's a cool world building thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he brings up Wan Chi Tong's library. Something which is what he's been searching for. Uh, Toph is actually the one who uh asks him about it, and this shot of just her dirty, dirty feet on the table it's total Lord of the Rings shot. Yeah, I was watching the commentary uh not long ago, close enough to remember it. So it's in the very beginning of the first movie when he said when Bilbo is saying, like. Brandy books and tooks. Right. Yeah, yeah right. Proud foot. <gasps> That's and right. And then a guy goes, yeah. proud feet. And it's like a shot of his feet. Yeah. And then him with a beer being like, proud feet. Yeah. And Peter Jackson in the commentary was like, I literally, this is an exact shot from the animated Lord of the Rings. Right. Yeah. And it is. And it's so this great. shot too. I'm pretty yeah. sure if it's not a direct reference, it's one of those subconscious references. Right. You know totally. what I mean by that? Because yeah, it's absolutely. so much. I love it, and they show it's, it's twice too. They go back to it again, like when she says something else, and it's just I love the shot. It's so cool. Yeah, he he brings up how Wan Chi Tong has his foxy assistance, <laughs> and Sok is like, "Oh, <laughs> what's up with that?" <laughs> this is one oh, I don't know why this the lines <laughs> this exchange is one of those that sticks with me too. He's like, "You're both right, handsome little creatures." Yeah, I, I don't know. That. Like, I love, I the way love he how he says too. that. I also love Katara getting mad at being like, why would you even think that? And it's like, I mean, the way he put it, like, <laughs> and his foxy assistants, he even like kind of said yeah. it with a little lilt, you know, like. Uh, and like, who describes a fox as foxy? Yeah. No one. Right. You know? Come on. Um, Sokka gets excited. He says he wants his vacation to be at the library. <laughs> Just love that sort of like anim- anime shot. And like, it's also another one of those. I feel like Sokka is the guy with those characters, like his Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, right. Now, this is like his, I don't know, just for a brief moment, he's like pulling out one of those. You right, know? totally. Um, well, they say they can help him out because they have a sky bison, which will help, you know, they can scan the desert by flying above it. Uh, and they go out to uh, get on Appa, and there's these sandbenders kind of eyeing him and... Sort of getting up in his business. Appa's uncomfortable, and they sort of shoo them away. 
And yeah, we get this. they literally, I always think this is interesting. I don't think it's bad to spoil. This isn't a like oh, spoiler, mm-hmm. but we hear more talk from the Sandbenders later in the show. Mm-hmm. And they're not just, <laughs> yeah, but this right. guy literally is like, shoo, Sandbender, shoo, yeah. you know? <laughs> right, right. And they're, like, like yeah. I don't know, like, I'm, I'm a little bit. As much as I'm like, fuck those guys for messing with Appa, I'm also yeah. a little bit just off-put by this, like, prest- prestigious, like, guy who's got yeah. a bunch of money from his university coming totally. to this, like, town that's, like, obviously in poverty because there's not enough tourism and then just, right. like, shooing away the inhabitant. I don't know. There's just, like, there is a thing there. You know yeah. what I mean? There's, there's something Yeah, there. like, you, you, you get an impression, especially in this episode specifically, that... They are viewed as sort of just like creatures, you know, like sort yeah. of just pests. And they Absolutely. don't talk, and I think that's purposeful. But also, I think they're just kind of like, like fuck you, like because they're mad at everyone seeing them that way. Exactly. They speed off, and we get another cool, uh, innovative way to think about bending and to use bending in this world that mm-hmm. uh, they've created, where they make these little tornadoes out of sand, and that uh, the air of that sand moving pushes a, a sail on these like sand and it's really surfers. easy to deep dive into like the physics of that but it does make sense because you see that they're like it you know you wonder okay so like when ang airbends is he pushing ang out of his hands no right. he's no. using the air from the air to push <laughs> yeah. things he is he's just controlling air. that yeah. and this is the same case they're not creating a tornado so that's why they're not being blown away from the tornado the tornado is in like a hole that's connected like did you notice their things yeah. literally just have like a big cutout hole barriers yeah. and then a tornado comes up into the inside of their ship mm-hmm. from the ground it's so cool it's very cool. i love stuff like this on the show uh, they start flying away, and I love uh, Zay. Zai. I I should have. I think it's Zay. Much, but Zay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Zay's like on Appa's head, and he's like, "Oh, the stories that this animal could tell. Oh my!" And then Momo, Momo. pops up next to his head, <laughs> just to like monkey. tell him stories. He's yeah, like he's probably like telling him something. Yeah. He's like, "You think you think he's cool? Check this out. I I ate up like fifteen acorns yesterday." <laughs> <laughs> like you know? I like to think he's trying to say some shit like that, and it also makes that moment as uh, deep dive as this. Sh- I don't need to be getting. Mm. How old is Momo? You know, maybe he's yeah. really old too. It's right. possible. Okay. We don't yeah. know how like the creatures from the Air Temple's age. Right. Um. This moment also makes me think about uh something that I'm I'm curious about. So Sokka has to take off his shirt. Mm. They're getting hot. They're starting to get tired. Do you think Aang could cool down the air for them? Hmm. Interesting. I just am like, come on, Aang. Like, even if it's hard for you to do, like, just for like a few minutes. Because he's like, remember, uh, he, in Omashu, he used airbending to cool down the chains on Bumi's thing, remember? He used like a mix of water and airbending, kind of. So he can definitely like blow cold air. I don't know. Homeboy should just like at them it's, real quick yeah i mean i think it would be nice <laughs> to justify it in my head it's like it there's it's so hot and there's so much like air around just like focusing on a little circle of cooling down might give relief for like a moment you're right maybe, and maybe it wouldn't that, even actually like, cool maybe, down yeah, maybe it's so hot it. that it would just be yeah fast air yeah <laughs> tough fucking gets everybody <laughs> she's just i love this moment got him <laughs> she's like oh, there it is what she even she gets us because there's like a music face. cue yeah right yeah totally. <laughs> yeah um but they do find this uh spire eventually i think Sokka sees it uh and they fly down and they're troubled because it's just this like one tower uh but they quickly realize as this fox uh, comes over a dune with a scroll in its mouth, these knowledge seekers of Wan Chi Tong, and magically, like, just runs up this tower yeah, and goes so inside. The They're fact that the like fox is fox. able to just go across an entire desert. Right. There's something, these foxes, I think, are uh, similar to Wan Chi Tong. I think their spirits brought into the mortal world and they have some, like, spiritual gifts. Yeah. Because, like, how is it running across that whole desert? They just talked about how hard that would be, you know? Right, right. 
but they figure out from the map or the the architecture like blueprints of this um of this massive library that it is buried they're looking at the top tower and so <laughs> the guy goes time to start excavating <laughs> it takes out <laughs> like a little uh, hand shovel um toff smashes her hand into it and feels how massive it is with her hand and that's sort of how they really realize that it's not buried and that they could go down there go down there which is oh just really cool using toff's abilities again uh it makes total sense that she's like yeah you know books don't really do it for me i'm gonna stay up here I'm yeah good. <laughs> i'm um, sure there's some braille down there though probably oh absolutely um, because Wan Chi Tong seems like the kind of guy who we'll get to his personality in a second, but he would like really value something like that, you know? Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, but it makes sense that she stays with Appa, and I love that little moment where Appa and her kind of like look at each so, other, look away, look back. What's up? <laughs> um, as they're climbing down, I love this kid, this like kid moment. Wow, look at those buttresses. And the rest of the uh, Sokka, Katara, and Aang are just laughing. It's like, what? No, they're they're great. Great buttresses. <laughs> Even his, like, very clearly, like, when you get older and you can see through those guy trying to sound smart lines, you know, mm. like the entire Big Bang Theory as a show. Right. You know what I mean? Where <laughs> So, like, when he's, like, on his way down and he goes, wow, the intricate detail of these avian uh, nice owl. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it just because it's 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 played off as like I don't know it works really well as like a kid moment you know totally. um, I love it I love this care I love his character being yes, that guy absolutely they descend and they quickly meet Wan Shi Tong and uh, this one of is, my favorite voices ever I was just gonna say this is where I want to bring up uh, this voice actor it's the only time he appears he uh, voices Wan Shi Tong. His name is Hector Elizondo, and he's done stage acting. He's done a lot of film acting. He won, Yeah, that name, I, I think I know him from movies. He won an Emmy sure. in 1997 for his role of uh, Dr. Philip Waters on the show Chicago Hope. He won Outstanding Supporting Actor uh, in 1997. I can see so. his face in my head right now. But he has a ton of nominations. He's won several other awards. That's just the most notable one you know that most people know of uh he's a very accomplished actor and perfect for this role and his performance and decisions in yes. this role performance and decisions are what makes the role but his voice itself is like it's one of those things where they got lucky that not only was his actual voice like that could be an owl spirit yeah but right. the way he presents himself He's ancient, he's mm. knowledgeable, but he's also cruel. And like, I don't know, there's yeah. like something about it that is so otherworldly and in the most way this show gets, I think. I think this is the most this show makes me feel like this is like a spirit. Yeah, you know what I mean totally, by that? Totally. Um, he introduces himself. I am Wan Shi Tong, he who knows 10,000 things. And this is a fun fact I was looking up. Uh. Wan Shi Tong is actually a phrase in Mandarin Chinese that means he who knows 10,000 things, um, oh, which wow. is cool for a few reasons. I mean, firstly, they just like used that. And also uh, the phrase of like 10,000 things is a Taoistic expression. It's another like direct uh, 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 influence historically in this show. It's a Taoistic expression for all of creation. So like... When he says, so he I am he who knows 10,000 things, he is saying, I am all-knowing. Wow. Which is is really cool. Like, even when you hear that, like, I remember actually even thinking as a kid, like, 10,000 things. I mean, like, is that it? <laughs> I know that's, like, a lot. But, like, even as a kid, I was just sort of, like, a limited number of this, like, all-knowing spirit is, like, he has, like hundreds of thousands maybe millions of books in this library and he's like i know you know 10,000 like 10, things, things. There's probably 10,000 <laughs> things in like five of the books in there but i, I think that's very cool it's like this is a, an yes. expression that means all-knowing he threatens them he says they need to leave unless they want to become another stuffed head 
pans over to these like taxidermy which yeah because a little freaky and the guy even says he's like i'm the head of archaeology at bossing say university and mm-hmm. he's like well do you want to be the stuffed head of archaeology right. yeah i love that so that is good. such a good and it's it's uh it's character too he would be funny because mm-hmm. he knows everything you know like, yeah i don't know and then we get one of the most satisfying links that we've completely forgotten about and it's also satisfying because it fuels the plot and character motivations and you know points of view that he says humans only bother learning to get a leg up on other humans and then he references Zhao who we got mm-hmm. a flashback when he when Zhao in the end of season 1 was saying he learned all this stuff to him reading in a library and we get the it's same flashback so and this is the library cool. Zhao found oh it's, and it's so cool. satisfying because he even Zhao even talks about it in that moment and in the moment where he talks about it we feel like oh this is such a cool like remember we we referenced it to like Lord of the Rings like when Gandalf mm-hmm. is uh looking for information on the ring like it just feels like this cool thing now it's still that but it feels like a cool thing that we're like looking around in this library now right. we can see like what he went through to get to the spot you know yeah. and then when they reveal later what uh has happened to information on the fire nation mm-hmm. it even more right. dots can you can kind of mm-hmm. like create like a story in your head because he's talking and they never about Zhao. It for you yeah yeah they don't have to because Zhao in that episode where he tells iroh about it says i was working under a general shu i think or general mm-hmm. i forget his name but i was working under a general uh-huh. and we came across a library so like you know that I mean, it just the story mm-hmm. becomes yeah. clear, right. you know, especially when they so this group is it okay if I get to that? The group gets to they're looking for information on the Fire Nation. Yeah. And right. when they do get there, it's completely burned. Yep. And I think that's I don't know. It's just all cool thinking about Zhao uh like his group burning all this information and then him like sneaking off and looking for something for his own gain and like yeah. going downstairs and finding this yep. information and then you know what i mean yeah and no, hiding totally. the scroll in his in his uh jacket or whatever. right i don't yeah. know it's just like this cool little story in my head and then all of this is why wan chi tong is like all right get the fuck out and right. then he buried it you know i'm yeah. sure after that he buried his library yep yeah like that's that he probably caused that with one access so that it, you know to make it hidden but with one access so his knowledge seekers could still seek out knowledge in the physical the the material world and he could still have mm-hmm. a link but be hidden it's oh it's so cool um th- there's also a couple little sprinkled things in here i mean th- there's the whole like give me your uh you need to give me knowledge to gain access the only thing mm-hmm. i want to address from Love there is the scene. Uh, katara giving her water bending scroll which is dope because she has gotten to a place where she has learned all she of that by it. now yeah. and they don't need to reference it anymore and now it's just like she has learned enough she's a master and i think it's cool too it gives it another uh value when he when he takes it Ooh, these illustrations are very stylish yeah and then he swipes it with his like right. he already knows all that stuff too yeah but there is a value, an artistic value yes. to this scroll, yes. a cultural value, you know, and I just, he, him acknowledging that is cool. I also just love the animation of his wing. I was wing. just going to say, just, just And like, where does it, it go? Yep. Who cares? It doesn't you know? matter. They, they do a little bit of research. There's a, a little nugget for later on sprinkled in there where Aang is looking at a drawing of, hey, look at this lion turtle thing, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting um, for those who have watched the show. Uh, for those who haven't, just uh, wait on that and remember that. Uh, so the, uh, Sokka learns from his, like, basically doing exactly what Wan Chi Tong wanted him not to do and stealing the information and putting it in his, you know, I will it say his coat it's like stuff. literally on a pedestal. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. All of the yeah, information like, in this entire library is a library, but then there's yeah. one pedestal with, like, a liftable glass. Ugh, yeah, it's like you don't think that's going to. Okay. But they. Um, the Fire Nation, they, they tried to find more. The Fire Nation has destroyed so much. Uh, Which but... is making me realize that, that that is why it was on a pedestal. That's oh, like Wan Shi like Tong's most valuable. And that's why it was burned. I didn't even make that connection. 
Yep, it got burned up in all of that, and Wan wow. Tong was able to at least have one more piece, and he valued it enough to put it in that pedestal wow, because I didn't it's even like make that connection totally. I'm totally. making it right now. Yeah, wow. that's crazy. That's so cool. Um, this fox sees them. They're worried that the fox is like you know going to inform on them, but he leads them to sort of pointer thing. And I know dog. exactly why too. Why? I was thinking about this. Yeah. Wan Shitong has never left his library. So even though he is like some all-knowing spirit who probably gets that war is bad, mm-hmm. like we know that like the balance between the the you know, this world and the spirit world is important. Aang's mission is important. If Aang just decided not to do it, it's not like the spirit world would be fine if the real world right. got taken over by the Fire Nation, right? Mm-hmm. But Wan Chi Tong isn't concerned with that because his concern is completely with knowledge. Yeah. But he sends these foxy knowledge seekers out. Mm-hmm. And even though there's some like otherworldly mysterious thing, I mean, they have to go through the world that is being ravaged by the right. Fire Nation. Yeah. I like to think that this is a moment where even <laughs> though they have a duty to Wan Chi Tong... The the fox knows that they are right though. They need yeah. something. They right. need some knowledge. You know, totally. It's really cool. It's not just like a fox being man's. It's almost like a dog moment. You're like, oh, is it just like man's <laughs> right. best friend? I don't know. No, there's yeah, like these a are layer smart to creatures. it. Yeah, totally. Oh, I really like that. Absolutely. Um, he leads them to this planetarium, and they have this. It's such a cool, intricate like I love the technology it. of it. And, you know, they're sort of marveling at that. And they figure out this date is a solar eclipse. So something bad happened. And they make the connection where when the moon was blocked out, that's the source of waterbending power. And their powers are decreased. There must be the same when the sun is blocked out for a solar eclipse. So uh, they need to figure out where when the next solar eclipse is going to be and Sokka gets so excited by it he's like sort of ranting about it and he's it's so unfortunate that the statement that he says that Wan Shitong appears behind him for is the fire lord is going down it's like yeah. ooh, it could not have been more obvious um and, and I oh. really think that if Wan Shitong wasn't specifically it's cool because he's a knowledge spirit he isn't a spirit of morality in any way mm-hmm. he is 100 percent a knowledge spirit mm-hmm. but if he had any morals in that moment i he wouldn't care this yeah. isn't them trying to gain the upper hand on other humans well i do i am like understanding of his sentiment like human beings just try to gain knowledge to be able to have the upper hand on other human beings mm-hmm this is like the upper hand is already had, you know, we need to get out from the upper hand. This is, you know, taking down the Fire Lord, I think, in this show is, you know, often like we wonder like, ah, oh, is this like, do they got to like kill a guy or what's going on? Right. But like yeah. in this case, I think it's at least important to differentiate between what's good and like what is a neutral and neutral being bad, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like... Boomy being neutral right now isn't bad because he knows what he's going to do. But I right. think Wan Shitong being neutral is inherently bad. Yes. I think it's okay that they're doing this. Yeah. That they are going no, to. No, I think you're right. You know what I mean by that? Absolutely. Um, we could draw larger uh, connections to, to that sentiment, but I think you're absolutely right. Um, the disappointment in his voice is so palpable when he says humans are so predictable. Or mortals, he says. Mortals are so predictable. You know, as much as I completely agree with what you're saying, like, absolutely, that's the point of view I agree with. Um, it is, it feels justified that he would have the perspective of, like, do you really think you're the first to believe that their war was justified? Like, he's very yes. closed minded about it, but it makes sense. It's not like he's being completely unreasonable. This is and someone even who's now blocking himself by We are a from a perspective specifically based on the state of our world. I mean, it is a like when you look at uh, Buddhism, there isn't a a place for uh, fighting back. Even mm-hmm. there never is. You know, right. some teachings, some ways of life are completely against that in mm-hmm. every way. And it's not necessarily. It, it is my opinion that his neutrality is bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
It's one that I agree but it with, is. but <laughs> but it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then he says, "I'm you're protecting what you love." Or that that's what they say. They try and say we're just trying to protect what we love. And he says, "Now I'm going to protect what I love." And he starts to sink this, uh, make this beating motion that you can tell is a larger sort of spiritual motion. It reminds me of Roku taking down the temple. Oh in yeah, season one. Totally. It very much totally. reminds me of that. And then he transforms into big snake owl creature that is horrifying. Yeah, um, he can like extend his neck. Yeah. Ooh. Oh my god. They start to run away. They are doing pretty well, but Sokka realizes this is maybe our only chance at getting this information. We need to find out what the ne- when the next eclipse is. We're, they split up. Aang goes back with Sokka and uh, Katara and I guess Zay uh, or Zai go off and Zai gets separated very quickly. Um, they go back. They find that the eclipse is only a few months away. It's actually pretty cool. Aang marveling at the uh, this montage and Aang being amazed mm-hmm. by it. Sokka's determination as they're going through the dates and trying to find the next time. I like to up. imagine that they start by doing like a couple days in a row, and then Sokka right. realizes how it, how it works and is like, yeah, "All right, I'm totally. gonna skip one." You and know, he also has the ahead, point where it's like we only back. have to check before the comet. So yep. yeah, exactly. Um, so like it it yeah like I I think initially I was like okay wait if it's that many days out that would have taken them like like twenty five minutes to figure out but yeah. he definitely figured it out with his intuition you know Sokka's mm-hmm. smart oh man and then we get this flash up to as uh, Toph realizing that the entire library is sinking she tries to hold it up she like grounds her feet by solidifying the sand around her and then <laughs> digs her hands in and is holding up this entire library by herself the entire thing yeah. oh my god uh and then is faced by these sandbenders showing up and capturing Appa, throwing these ropes over him and she tries she tries four different times to like leave it real quick and shoot something at him, but she can't see very well. She's under pressure. She's holding up the entire library and she, it, she can't, she can't manage Shit like to do this it. just does not happen on kids shows. Yeah. And it shocks me. Oh. It really still shocks me that the, uh, they end an episode with a fail, like not a yeah. fail, but like a, how, it is not a good oh, ending. How you know? deeply affecting her. I'm sorry, Appa. Oh man. It's gonna make me and tear just up. you in the moment are thinking, like, what would you do? You know, it has taken me a lot of time to try to think of like what I would do if I were Toph, and nothing. Okay, so like the reason she's able to hold up the library isn't her literally holding like up the weight of strength, it. right? So she couldn't like bend a rock to hold the library up right because that would be physical strength it would Mm -hmm. just break the rock or it would break the tower Mm -hmm. she needs to be bending in order to keep it up yeah so there is literally nothing she can do unless she takes away her focus from the library right and it's one of those things where it's like maybe ang would like want her to save appa over all of them but right (laughs) you know it's It's, so it's a moral decision Mm -hmm. and um I honestly think that can we get to the final shot or do you have anything else to say about them getting out? Um, well, I just think it's interesting that uh, Katara sort of has a moment face off with Wan Chitong and he says, oh, you yeah. think you can do anything? I've studied every style of waterbending. Waterbend? I don't think he can waterbend. I think he just knows the styles because he says so you know, well northern, that, southern, yeah. uh, swamp style. Even foggy like, swamp. Even foggy swamp. Like... Uh, I think he just knows so well that he would be able to combat her, but he doesn't get the chance because Sokka smashes him in the head with a book uh, and says, that's Sokka style. Learn it. Love that. And then Aang flies them out and uh, the dude, Zai, stays. He says, I could spend an eternity in here. And they're kind of like, all right, fuck. Okay, whatever. You stay then. And they get out. As much as it's probable that he just gets buried, yeah. I like to kind of think that maybe he his dedication to this knowledge and the the act of burial being both physical and spiritual, like maybe he connects with this in the spirit world now, you know, mm-hmm. and he spends like his time in the spirit world just 
seeking knowledge and yeah. he becomes like a, a foxy knowledge seeker or something. Right. I don't know. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, totally. It's it's there's more to it than I think him just being like I'm gonna be buried alive. I think there is <laughs> yeah. a little more going on. Oh, absolutely. On, you know? I think he recognizes it's a spirit that, and this is a spiritual place. I don't think mm-hmm. he's yeah. Even if he doesn't know death. for sure, yeah, he's, he's, there's a possibility, you know. right? They yeah. get out in the last second, like they make it out, and that's the last moments that Toph is able to is. hold this thing up, and it just just sinks in so quickly and the dust settles like immediately and it's clearly a spiritual thing i remember thinking as a kid and being like would that really just like seal up like that so quickly it's a spiritual thing he has like if i think if they were to dig there wouldn't be a library there anymore absolutely absolutely it has now it's in the spirit world now you know he took it back and then you get ang where's appa the dynamic, the uh, shot yeah. from like behind him around to the front of him, Tracking tears coming in his through. eyes. Oh man, this is a like monumentally enormous moment in the arc of the character of Ang, his best yeah. friend in the entire world, who is his only link, the only being that is alive from his time has been mm-hmm. captured Oof. oh man it hits like a like a uh i don't know I'm trying to think it's of one of those things in tv that you feel like we have to absolutely binge the next however long it takes to right. fix what i'm feeling yeah but that's not how this podcast works <laughs> unfortunately not but we can fix your feeling by addressing uh kid moment of the week Kid uh, moment of the week. Because, uh, yeah. Honestly, I don't know if it's a kid moment, mm-hmm. but the charmingness of the fruit smoothie is my yeah. favorite moment in the episode, I think. I get that. I'm trying to and think of other kid funny would moments. Be like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And then just the straw right. umbrella. <laughs> yeah, totally. I like the, I, I think there's a very earnest childlike wonder not wonder but like childlike moment of the whole buttress thing oh yeah of them just being immature and laughing at something that sounds like but you know like i like that i think that's, I think that's the kid moment of the week for sure right like ah, keeping like this show funny. a show that kids can love and yeah. connect to and i do because right. i laugh at that too i do Absolutely. think that's funny and i yeah. think that's okay to think that's that's funny <laughs> yeah. well that means uh, Zay, Zai, I, I'm still, you even told me which one you thought was good and I never solidified on it. He gets sort of the kid moment of the week in bringing up buttresses uh, and they say they look nice. I think let's solidify it as the exact moment where he goes, aren't they? Or like, you know, when he's like looking around and his wonder while they're laughing above him. I think that's, yeah, uh, that, that, that's uh, satisfying to me. Um, man, uh, so much to say about this one. We're going to have so much to say about the following ones as well. Uh, I know Reed is going to have some things to say. Reed Emmons is going to join us when we next return to Avatar, but that's going to be next Sunday. On Wednesday, our next episode is going to be Inspector Gadget. I almost forgot. It's been so long. This is one of those... So I think we have movies that we watched when we were kids that maybe ha- have also been on in the background a couple times throughout the years. Sure. This is one I have literally I have not, not even seen, seen yep. since I was in like daycare. Yeah. But when I watched it, it was one of them. Right. You know, oh, I've totally. seen it. I have images in my mind right now Me too. that are from that movie. You yeah. know, I'm like, there's something about a foot, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited about it. Uh, until then, we also have our D&D podcast, Legendary 4 Adventures. Uh, you can find that on Legendary4.com. You can also find on Legendary4.com comment sections for all these episodes. Uh, you can also uh, find a link to my music, which I've actually started releasing some things again. I'm going to be releasing another one, I think, before the next episode on Wednesday. But I just released one a week or two ago. It's called Making Music. Um, you could search me on SoundCloud, but you could also find the link on legendary4.com. Um, 
You can also follow us on pretty much any social media. We are at New Lens Pod. Uh, give us a follow, a like, a review on iTunes or Spotify, or I don't think there's reviews on Spotify, but uh, if you can give us any sort of ratings or stuff, that really helps us out. And tell your friends about the show if they like Avatar or uh, movies that came out <laughs> in uh, two decades ago. <laughs> and now that we're getting to the middle of avatar we can start thinking about other stuff too you know yeah. so we've it's not definitely all had discussions but uh there's gonna be a change of pace coming up here and you know what if you have a show that you'd love us to talk about let us know in the comments or reach out if you know us personally but you can comment on the each individual episode on legendary4.com if you were born in the 90s or early 2000s, there is a chance that we will vibe with whatever you are Ooh, suggesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we we watched That's a lot of shit we when we were growing up. <laughs> That's why we like movies now. Why we make them <laughs> for the, you know, sometimes. All right. Well. Uh, oh, also space vampires. Oh. <laughs> forgot to do that. Thank you, Gary. I didn't give you the yeah. pause this time. so uh, It's okay. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Sweet. Thank you all for listening. I'm Calvin. And I'm Gary. This has been a new lens. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>